Hello and welcome to Filmy Ladies. We are talking about Donkey today. And a note, mostly Pitu is talking about Donkey today because it is not playing within 60 miles of where I live. So I have not seen it. I will see it when I am able to see it. I'm trying to ignore most of the discourse on Twitter, which is primarily where I hang out. Uh, I've heard a few things that are mixed, so I'm extra interested to hear what Pitu has to say. We will also talk about Raju Harani movies in general after our discussion of Donkey. And uh, then we're going to have a little bit of a teeny weeny preview of what's coming in 2024. Holy moly for this here podcast. Um, okay. Pitu, how was Dunky? I loved it. I had so much fun. Um, I just want to say this year has been such a gift for us Shahrukh fans because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after that long famine that we went through, it was like we got Patad, we got Jawad, and we got Dunky Dunk. We started the year with Shahrukh. We ended the year with Shahrukh. We had our middle with Shahrukh. It's great. <laughs> Can I also just interject that like the fact that it's the 30th anniversary of both Bazigar and Dar is also feels like like, I don't want this to bookend his career. I want him to keep going. But like, even if it like 2023, there's had a, there's been so much to celebrate about yes. Shahrukh's career. And I'm just talking about as an actor, maybe slash producer, like I'm not talking about any anything else, but like, even just as a screen presence, like it's been a great year. It's been a great year for us. Um, it's very, it, it reminds me of that uh, famous Hindi saying, Bhagwan jab deta hai, chappar phaad ke deta hai. Like when God gives you, he just like, he gives you so many blessings, your roof caves in. <laughs> so I feel like my roof has caved in. <laughs> he gives you so many blessings that your ancestral home in an Afghan village is pushed off the edge of a mountain as Jim, as uh, John Abraham dies. Yes, yes, it, exactly the same. I'm very reminiscent of John Abraham, as you know, <laughs> with the six packs and everything. <laughs> um, so yes, very delightful year for us. And I will say of um, Shahrukh's three films that he came out with this year, Donkey is very much my favorite of the mm. three. And also makes sense because it's more the genre that I gravitate towards. Yeah. I'm not, if Patan or Jawan did not have Shah Rukh in it, I wouldn't have seen them. Yes. They're just not a genre I'm interested in. Um, but Donkey is very, it's very classic Raju Hirani in the sense that if someone like it has a stamp all over it. So basically, mm -hmm. if someone really likes Raju Hirani, and I really love the Munabai movies, both MBBS as well as Lagero Munabai, if someone likes those, then they're going to like Donkey. But mm -hmm. for the people who are not a big fan of Hirani, they're not going to like it. I will say it is far, far more enjoyable to me than Three Idiots because I've never liked Three Idiots. And it's too different a topic from Sanju to be compared to it. But um, but I personally like Sanju. If you if you put aside the whole like whitewashing thing, as I'd like if Sanju was a movie about a random fictional person called Sanju, mm -hmm. like let's say it was called Nandu, I would be fine with that because I loved Ranbir Kapoor's acting in it. <laughs> it's just a whitewashing. <laughs> I don't like. You look like you don't want to see Nandu. <laughs> no, I, I was just thinking about how, you know, if this movie were, were made up-y, yeah, fully, as opposed to like real person made up realities in some ways, yes. then it would be so different. And it's, yeah, I mean, I think we said in a previous episode, and I don't remember why we were talking about this, but like, if, if only he had made a movie about someone who wasn't his friend in real life, like it would yes. have allowed for some uh, better stuff. And you could have just not had to deal with frank realities the, the that, you then mis that you then mishandled really badly. So, yeah. But so it's so Donkey, I think, is also really difficult because it, 
I don't quite understand what Raju Rani's genre is. Like a lot of people yeah. call him like a comedy director, but he's not a comedy director in the sense that, say, David Dhawan is. I think his right. genre is more like dramedies. Like he does these dramedies and they're they kind of walk that line of like Rishikesh Mukherjee films, yeah. but they're heavier hitting than his films are. But they have that same gentleness at their core that Mukherjee's films have. So it's kind of like it's like an updated Rishikesh Mukherjee version director. I don't know. Um, but basically, if you like dramedies, then Donkey is very much along that path. So mm. I think this movie is for people who are fond of Hirani's films. And this is definitely a treat for Shah Rukh Khan fans. He mm. was great. He wow. really held that movie together. And he had an opportunity to really act incredibly well. Like Patan, I feel like as much as I enjoyed it was like a time pass fun movie to watch in the movie theater. Anybody could have done that role. You don't mm -hmm. need Shah Rukh Khan to do that right. role. Right. And then Javan, I think that was that was more a Shah Rukh Khan role because there was so much emotion in it and there was so much like acting that he had to do. So I like that a little bit more. But Donkey, I cannot imagine anyone else doing it but Shah Rukh. Mm -hmm. He really like holds it together and it's a Shah Rukh Khan show from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And it's also one of those things where... I wonder if Shah Rukh Khan had been replaced by, like, if there was a different actor, I don't think it would have been that good because, honestly, the script and the screenplay and the direction is a little not completely solid, mm. is what I would say. So I think you kind of needed Shah Rukh Khan to, like, boost it up and hold it in place because without his performance, I'm not sure the movie would have been as good as it is because I don't think Hirani is in absolute top form with it if that makes mm. sense mm -hmm. um but also the the rest of the cast is great Tapsi Panu is great I've seen her before in Thapad and um what is that Hasina Haseen Dilruba movie mm -hmm. and then also in Pink um and she's really good in this um Vicky Kaushal has like a tiny tiny 10 minute role and he is fantastic I mean the man mm -hmm. is I want to do a Vicky Gaushal episode because I'm so obsessed with him like he is so <laughs> awesome and a friend told me that Shah Rukh Khan um, said in an interview that this is Vicky Gaushal's best performance yet wow I'm not sure I would agree with that because I because first of all I have not seen Sardar Udham and a lot of people have said that Sardar Udham is mm. arguably his best performance I also have not seen Sam Bahadur because it's not playing anywhere close right. to where I am I'm not gonna drive one hour to go see it um but for me, the best Vicky Kaushal performance I've ever seen is Masan. So mm. is this as great as Masan? I don't know, but it's up there. I mean, he's well, it's really hard to compare good. a 10-minute cameo versus a Yeah. So role. I don't know about this whole, like, this is Vicky Kaushal's best for performance yet thing. Uh, but he is great. Like, it's 10 minutes. The man is so talented. He is so good. And he has such a meaty tiny little role he really leaves an impact I left the theater thinking about him wow. and he's there for like 10 minutes he's wow. so good um Baman Irani is adorable as usual I love Baman Irani me he comes too. on screen and he makes me laugh and I feel like I haven't seen him in a while in something that wasn't a little comedy uncle cringe you know yeah this is comedy uncle though but if it's not cringe like there there are comedy uncle roles or performances mm -hmm. that I do actually like I I mean, I would gladly throw out the whole, I would throw out that baby with the bathwater if I could. But since we yeah. have to have comedy uncles, I, I'm very willing to appreciate the, the few that I actually really like. So I'm I'm right. fine with that. And I, I can't think of anyone current that I would more rather give it a try. 
Yes. Also, I, I know that you and I have spoken about this in the past. Like one of the reasons that you and I hate the whole comedy, uncle comedy subplot things is because they often come out of nowhere. Like, right. especially if you look at like 70s movies or even a lot of 90s movies where it's kind of like things are plugging along. And then suddenly <laughs> there's this little thing with like Johnny Lever or Ranjit or someone and you're like, what? And then it goes away and then the movie continues. And I'm like, you could just have snipped that, yeah. you know. But in this, um, his comedy uncle bit is very well integrated. It's just part of the story and mm. the movie really is comedic in a lot of ways mm. like it's a dark comedy or like a dramedy like I was saying so it doesn't feel out of place and he's just he's so darling like he comes on screen and I was just like Gito Gulati that's his name um he's adorable um and then there's two other actors Anil Grover Anil Grover mm. was so good I have no idea who this man is I had to mm. look him up I think he may be related to the comedian Sunil Grover because they look very alike and Indian people love to name their kids rhyming names it's like Anil Sunil I have a friend whose name is Mohit and I asked him once I was like why did your parents name you Mohit and he rolls his eyes and he says because we're Indian and my brother's name is Rohit <laughs> So we do that. Like it's me and my cousin. We're like Pitu and Tupu. So I think he may be related to Sunil Grover. He is amazing. He's wow. so good. So the supporting cast is really fantastic. Shahrukh is fantastic. The performances in this movie are really good. And the song Lutput Gaya, which is in the first half of the movie, is just so, it's so joyous and exuberant and happy. My whole theater was like having, my theater was actually pretty full when I went nice. to see it with my friend. It was really full. It was like a 5-10 show on um, Thursday night. And it was pretty full. People were enjoying it. People laughed at all the right bits. People were sad at all the right bits. So I think that the theater definitely responded in a good way nice. Um to the movie. Um, Lutput Gya is just joyous. It's just happy, happy Shahrukh. It reminded me of like the, the fan song. Yeah. Jabra fan. Like yep. it has that same kind of vibe or even his older songs like Laveria from Raju Bangya Gentleman. Like, you know, the whole Basti dancing along with him. So it's very like classic Shahrukh. This film has, I don't know if it's intentional, but there's so many nostalgic looks at like old Shah Rukh Khan characters like it's very like Veer Pratap Singh it like it, mm. it reminded me like my friend that I went and saw it with we were talking later about how it it reminded us a little bit of Veer Zara and it reminded us a little uh. bit of Swades and it you know not like fully but like there were so many shades like Shah Rukh Khan is just such an enormous filmography at this point that there were just these little threads that we could pick up on that reminded us of those older films of his. And um, so really worked for like the nostalgia factor as well. Um, ultimately, the movie is very, it's very heartwarming and it's very sweet. I insisted that my husband go and watch it because he he usually only goes and watches a Hindi movie if I recommend it because he doesn't really watch films. I mean, he doesn't really watch Hindi films. So he might go see it. I was like, please go. I have work. Go. Can, can we just, I just want to interject here. So this often does not make it into our recordings, but when we're chatting before or after, Pitu's husband and I have a lot of taste in common in films. And I, I think it's very interesting when you say he, he doesn't actually watch that many movies because I feel like every time we get on a call, you're like, oh, you, you made me watch this thing. And my husband's like, mm, yeah, that was great. Yeah, well, he's one of those people. He's one of those like, 
Indian people that like left India at a young age and mm. so whatever they've seen is like from their childhood and their adolescence there and then go. then they stopped watching movies so right. it's like if you asked him about like <laughs> 70s movies he knows all of them he can he's watched every Amitabh Bachchan movie he's watched all those films of like Vinod Khanna and which is basically your wheelhouse yeah, that's my favorite yeah so yeah. he's like oh yeah of course <laughs> great but then he stopped watching them later so like he's not familiar really with like the Kejo onward that sure. whole thing he's not familiar with so it's like <laughs> it, like I remember when we did our favorite films episode and he was like oh favorite films which ones are you gonna pick and right. I was like oh I'm picking Kabhi Kushi Kabhi Gum he literally calls that movie Kabhi Stupid Kabhi Dumb so he rolls his eyes and goes Ugh, Kabhi Stupid Kabhi Dumb and I was like whatever I don't care about your opinion and then he said what did Beth choose Beth probably chose something good but then I was like she chose Parvarish and he was like oh yeah that's a so good I'm one I'm submarine <laughs> He's like, that's a great one, actually. That's wonderful. And then he told his best friend that you were going to watch Parvish. And he was like, oh, yeah, Parvish. Yeah, good one. And I was like, y'all suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so he's like stuck in that zone. Mm -hmm. And so he doesn't know this zone. So he doesn't know any of these movies. So now he only knows these movies if I tell him to go and watch them. And he primarily watches Malayalam movies. Oh, and I don't watch them. So it's yeah. kind of like we just have very different like movie tastes. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I insisted that he go watch it as well. It's very heartwarming. It's very yeah. sweet. Ultimately, it is a typical Raju Hirani film in the sense that it does try to be very simplistic. Um, it's what the film says about immigration and illegal immigration in general is a little bit naive more than a little naive mm. the implication that there should be no borders whatsoever there, there should be no visas people should be able to go wherever they want depending on their need is a little naive i don't know how that works in the modern world There's, it didn't uh, really work in the ancient world super well I mean, no. right? like the idea of citizenship has been around for a long time like people yeah people love to label who is and isn't them right so yeah like that, I don't know if we as a species are capable of a, a borderless, it's just, at least it's, in terms of living. I don't know if we can do that. I don't, I don't know if we can. I don't know if we would want to even. But the film does make a lot of very, very good points about talking about how immigrants are treated. And I think mm. that's very important yeah. because I... Yeah. Um, have a lot of family in the Middle East and I know that the way that the Middle East in particular yeah. treats Indian or yeah. South Asian um, laborers, for instance, is horrific. Yeah. My yeah. aunt used to work for the Indian High Commission in the Middle East mm. and the amount of human rights abuses that go on completely unchecked. The entire economy of the Middle East runs on the back of Indians. Like yeah. if there weren't Indian people, like, you know, that movie, A Day Without a Mexican? Yeah. It's like that. Like if yeah. there was a day without Indian people in the Middle East, the Middle East would collapse and yeah. they are taken so advantage of. It's completely barbaric. I have so much hatred for like the Emirati countries and the Middle East because I know firsthand from my aunt because the Indian High Commission would basically have to swoop in and help mm. the Indian immigrants. Um, just the human rights stories my, my aunt can tell you, like mm. Indian maidservants, Indian nannies whose passports would be taken away by their um, Middle Eastern, um, you know, employers, like employers and they would hide them in a cupboard and mm. lock it and oh you didn't do this task well women would literally show up at the doorstep of the indian high commission with um marks burn marks from like irons 
and things like that, they would be starved for days because there's literally no vigilance. Mm -hmm. There's no human rights. And ultimately, it ends up being the responsibility of the Indian High Commission and the people who work for it to step in. And they're yeah. treated like absolute dirt. Mm -hmm. So I think the fact that, I mean, clearly, like in the in the Western countries and like the US and the UK and places like that, it's a lot better, but it's still very, very screwed up good. to the yeah, yeah to, to the point that I'm I'm a US citizen and I do not tell anybody young living in India anymore to migrate to the US because right. I got lucky. I moved here before 9-11. So I got my mm. green card super fast and I got my, my citizenship super fast. It was it was a breeze because before 9-11, everything was a breeze. I have friends who have been in this country, no joke, for 15 years. They work at big big huge fang companies or they work in like big tech or big finance make gobs of money they do so much for this economy they still don't have a green card yeah yeah, yeah citizenship they don't even have a green card and I, um, I have so many american friends who have no idea what that means what it means right. is if my friend loses his job or his wife loses his job they would have to sell everything if they couldn't get a job within X amount of days, which yeah. is like 60 days or something crazy. They would have to sell everything, leave. Their kids are in school. It doesn't matter. So it, there definitely is a very like use and throw mentality mm -hmm. that even the West has towards immigrants. Mm -hmm. And there's a line in the movie where Sharok basically talks about how your economy runs on immigrants. You need immigrants. And yet you treat them like shit because immigrants don't have power. You know, like we don't have that collective power where we can we can ask for more um so i like that i like I that they talk about it i believe i saw something on twitter that someone was saying that's an argument that gets made a lot mm -hmm. by by various people in various places for better better rights for immigrants but that that is ultimately not the argument to make, because really what the argument to make is these are human beings, <laughs> regardless right. of their economic value. Like we cannot link right. people's status to their economic value and hope to have any kind of just equitable society, which I thought was really interesting. And I can see yeah. how um, I can see how a Harani film is not going to go that extra, at least not overtly to make that kind of argument no it did it did oh it did do that okay it did because there's a whole thing where um Shahrukh again he, so there's a scene like no spoilers but there's a scene where he basically has to talk to someone who is in a position of power who is not Indian or anything and he basically tells them about how the system completely discriminates against the poor mm -hmm. which is true yeah because it's yep. basically it's just the rich and the educated, it's always the upper class sure. that gets to get out or the sure. upper middle class that gets to get out of mm -hmm. whatever their home country is. And they, you know, it's it's never the poor who are able to do it. And that's a good point that he does go that and mm -hmm. he does talk about good. that, where it's like your system basically, you know, will favor people who have the money to do like tourist visas and student visas and things like that. What mm -hmm. if someone doesn't have the money to be a tourist or a student or whatever, then what, you know? Yeah. So he does yeah. make that point as well. And that has been going on literally since like, I remember growing up in Nigeria and we had, all, my, my parents had a lot of friends who were talking about, um, immigrating to Canada or Australia yeah. back then. And they used to have this like point system yeah. where it was like, yeah, like, it, like my, I remember my, an uncle of mine, a family friend was like filling it out on his dining table. Cause I was there for a play date with his daughter and he was like, okay, I'm an engineer. So these many points. And then mm -hmm. I own property in India. So I get these, I have these many us dollars in my bank account in the U S so these, and it's, it's based on yeah. those point system. Yeah. I don't know if that still exists, but 
it very much was that it was like if you were like a 12th pass person and you didn't have money no you couldn't go and even in the US now I know one of my friends invested this thing where it's like I think if you invest half a million dollars in <laughs> some sort half a million I know right. half a million dollars let me write you some, right now <laughs> in some sort of US securities back scheme uh, then it fast tracks you it's still only fast tracks you for play. a green yeah. card though right not, not for even citizenship, citizenship. no so mm. and it, it's just, it's insane. Like my friend has literally paid that much money for that. It's, it's really screwed up. And I, I don't know any other movie that talks about it, um, which makes it so interesting. But it's, it's a really good film because it, it, it makes you think about all of that stuff. Mm. Um, and I, I, the film essentially also, in a way, its messages, you know, don't immigrate, whether it's legal or mm. illegal, if you're not sure of how you're going to be treated, mm. which is exactly the position I have, which mm. I would not tell any Indian student at this point to come to America. I just wouldn't mm. because you're just not going to get, get a green card for at least 20 years. So mm. there's you're never going to have that stability mm. that say I have and I only have it because I got lucky because yeah. my yeah. application went through before 9-11. So at this point, it's just not worth it. It's better mm. if you really, truly want to leave in, in India or whatever country and you want to emigrate, you you need to look for a country that's going to really fast track um, whatever your residency situation is going to be so that you're not always beholden to a visa. Right. Um, right. But the US is not it at this right. point. Right. So I, I like that it really talked about a lot of stuff. And that was what made the movie interesting to me that he tackled these very like heavy subjects and yet it didn't drag. Yeah. His when movies you... don't drag in my, I mean, that is one thing I will certainly say about him is they, in my memory, they, they clock along really well. Yeah. The pacing was really good. It was a two hour, 40 minute movie. There's mm. really only one song, which is the Lutput Gya, which is like mm -hmm. the big song in dance number. All the other songs are just sort of more like background music. Like the whole song is going, but like no one is lip syncing and like mm -hmm. things are happening. Mm -hmm. um, so you wouldn't fast forward any of those songs. So it clocked along really fast. And I feel like this is very much a Hirani quality and also hearkening back to Rishikesh Mukherjee. It's one of their qualities where they can take these like messagey, like social messagey films, but they don't make them too preachy and they don't make it too serious where it's not a history or a civics lesson because that can get old really fast. Yeah. And this is again where I would point out that irrespective of whether someone is a Shah Rukh Khan fan or not, he really brings it because he's the one who has a lot of those monologues or he's the one who has those conversations. Those are hard to do. Those are hard to do and he needs to bring it. He needs to yeah. like have that conviction and he yeah. needs to have that like that expressions on his face and you know, all the like Shah Rukh emoting that where Yeah a lesser actor would have completely goofed it up where there would not have been any of that gravitas, but also the emotional connection. They would have completely squandered it. And I think that's where I, it also made me feel like I want Shahrukh to keep doing more like emotional movies or mm. comedy movies rather than this action stuff that he's kind of hit the, hit the uh, box office with because he doesn't really get a chance to emote in films like this, but he's so good when he's emoting. So I would rate Donkey like, like an eight. And I think it's a good movie. It's a, it's a movie worth watching. Um, some of the de-aging is very, very bad. Yeah. Very, very bad. <laughs> I don't know what they did. I understand why they had to do it because of the whole flashback thing. 
I get it, but I wish the de-aging was a little bit better. I am at the point where if the film is mostly set in some version of now, whatever the film defines now to be, and then there's a flashback of more than, I'm gonna say 15 years. Yeah. Just put in a different actor. We oh. can follow along. <laughs> and it could be a really fun opportunity for some like cameo work or whatever, yeah. right? So I, I think that's where I am now. But so much, I, I get what you're saying, but so much of this movie is actually set in the past that then we would have to do away with Shahrukh. And then if there was no Shahrukh, I wouldn't go watch it. But most people will still go watch a Harani film, right? Yes, although Ducky has not been performing that well at the box office. Apparently the Salar movie, which I is like taking over everything. I hadn't even heard of that movie until I went to go see if we were getting Donkey, and that's what we have. That's the Indian movie we have right now. And I was like, are you effing kidding me? So here's the crazy thing. So I don't go to like an Indian movie chain to watch. um, I I go to my local Cinemark. And so Cinemark sends, sometimes they'll send me like emails about like special things happening, which um, I'm so happy. I remember I texted you immediately. January 1st to January 7th, they're celebrating 20 years of Return of the King. So they're going to show all three Lord of the Rings movies. I was like, yes, I will be there. Um, So I'm very excited. Um, I will be there crying like, snotting all over my clinic (laughs) is going to be such a great time for me I'm already excited for January but so they send me like special emails like they send people special emails they sent a special email out about Salar and this is Cinemark so it's basically a primarily American audience yeah where it was like a big old poster of Salar and they were like now showing Salar advanced bookings open and I was like what the heck (laughs) <laughs> but no, Donkey has actually not been doing that well at the box office because Salar has taken over. And we also um, had Animal for two weeks. We usually get the Indian films for a week. Uh, yeah. So I really don't know what's going on with the AMC in my town, which is where the Indian movies yeah. come. And I was like, what? Come on, guys. <laughs> Nicole Kidman, hear my cry. <laughs> yeah, some Indian movies. So where... You talked about this a little bit. Like, let's talk about Harani films a little bit. Mm. Um, he's not my most favorite director, but I do okay. think he has things to say. He's trying to do things. When I was looking back at his filmography, I've seen all of them except Three Idiots, which I'm on record as saying does not look good to me in any way. And I have no desire to watch it. And that's fine. Um, you should I... still watch it just so Ugh. that you know. No, just so you can know what other people think about it. And I you guess. can see it's. I am not the biggest fan of three idiots either, but just just watch it once. You don't have to like it. I don't think I've ever rewatched any of his films. Mm, same. Even though I would say Monobai is my uh Lagero Monobai is my favorite, I think. And I've never rewatched it, which I was just realizing today. And I really liked PK quite a bit as well when it mm. came out. I wonder if I would still like it now. And I remember at the time thinking, I wish it had a little more tooth to it. Like it, that it yeah. actually like, it, you know, like if you're talking, if I'm going with a sort of eating metaphor, like the idea that his films are trying to chew on some things and whatever, but I wish he would like give a Take little a bit big of, bite, give a, give some fang to these things that do need to be criticized. Right. Or, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, I think that's just not his way. And that's 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 absolutely okay. But I for me, I wish they came down a little harder, as mm-hmm. I recall. But again, since I've never rewatched any of these, maybe that's uh maybe I just didn't catch something, maybe it's a subtitling issue, whatever. But the the gentleness of him sort of 
is maybe a little too gentle for me, but I also yeah. do really like when films are gentle. I think there's a great need for that. I think there's a need for some gentleness, but with thoughtfulness in our general world, Like, but that doesn't mean you're not saying something. It doesn't mean it's not about anything. It just means that you present it in a slightly gentle way, I guess. I don't know, but I, yeah. So I have, I have kind of mixed feelings about, about his films. I certainly think he's a relative force of good cinematically. I was reminded on Twitter that he was accused in the Me Too movement that swept through India, which I had completely forgotten. I think that is when um, VVC parted ways with him. Ah. The Chopras parted ways with him after Me Too because they sided with the, um, I think it was an employee who um, accused Hirani and then they sided with that. So until that happened, um, it was always like Hirani and um, VVC like was a team and then they kind of went their separate ways. And I, I would, I don't know. I kind of wish, I don't, I don't wish for the complainant that they had to deal with this even further, but also that that deserves further discussion, I suspect. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so even these men who make gentle films that everybody loves, like. Well, the biggest, um, the biggest creep probably in, uh, well, one of the biggest creeps is probably Aloknath. And he made a career out of playing the gentle Babuji yeah. in Burjatya films. Yeah. Um, there's a whole yeah. um, interview. So after Rima Lagu passed away, um, a lot of like obituaries and anecdotes and stuff came out about her. And Sandhya Mridul, was it Sandhya Mridul? Mm-hmm. I think it was Sandhya Mridul, spoke about how they were doing no, it wasn't Sandhya Mridul. Maybe it was Shafali Shah. It was someone. They said that they had gone on their first um, international like shoot um, for the movie and um, Aloknath would basically get drunk and he would come knock on their door. And Rima Lagu basically was like a mother hen and she essentially mm. protected this young actress and basically was like, first of all, that man is bad news and stay away from him. And also wow. she like, like shepherded her throughout the location, trying to keep her safe from him. And it's like the whole unit knew is what mm. I, I'll have to dig that up. But I was just like, wow, yeah. horrible. So yeah, don't, don't go by, um, don't go on by screen <laughs> or what they produce. Like- yeah. What time? So sorry, go give me your rankings of Hirani films again. I mean, I'm like you, I like his films, but I don't like love them. Three Idiots yeah. is okay. PK is okay. I do like the Munna Bhai um, films, but that's primarily because I just find um, Munna and Sarkit so adorable. Yeah. Like Ashad Darsi yeah. is so great. Yeah. Um, Sanjay Tata is so hilarious. Um, I like Vidya Balan in the yeah. in the one movie that she's in. One of my favorite, most heartwarming, tear-jerking mo- moments that I love is the scene with Sunil Dutt, because I have such a soft spot for Sunil sure. Dutt. And there's a scene where Sunil Dutt is very upset with Sanjay in the movie. And he says, Tumhari se meri pagdi utar gai. I had to take my turban off. Like, I was just like, because it was so reminiscent of what happened in real life. Like this right. man, Sunil Dutt and his wife built an entire life as these amazing people. And then they have the son. Um, so, but I don't rewatch those films. I think like you, I feel yeah. like, they're they're kind of too gentle for me in a way. And I, I don't know what that says about me because I feel like the world is very shouty and films are very shouty 
And it's, it's so nice to have someone who has the confidence as a writer and a director to make films that are not shouty. Because imagine yeah. how much <laughs> courage it takes to make non-shouty films in a very, very That's a really world. good point. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could just you could just phone it in and just keep making like action movies or masala movies, knowing that they're going to mint money. Why bother putting in mm. the effort to make a movie like Donkey or whatever? So it's like on the one hand, intellectually, I appreciate his films and I feel like I should appreciate them more, but somehow they just, they just don't do it for me. And I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because I've been raised on this. So here's the thing. Like I've been raised on a very binary appreciation <laughs> of films, right? Like I either love the Keijo Yash Chopra films, which are like, and white chef on saris and the big dance numbers like i either love that or then i love the the art films that i grew up watching on afternoons on nfdc like on Durdarshan, mm -hmm. right so i love those categories but then when it's middle of the road mm -hmm. i don't know what to do with it and we spoke yeah. about this in our jaya badri episode yeah. we, we just we don't know what to feel about that in a mm -hmm. way um, so I think that's why Hirani doesn't work for me, but he clearly works for a lot of people mm -hmm. because his films do go on to make a lot of money. I mean, mm -hmm. so maybe it's just you and I who don't. I know so many people that love Three Idiots. I don't, right, but right. I know it's a big thing for a lot of people. So I don't know. Which of his films would you say is your favorite if you had to pick? Well, I think Lage Rahom Monobai. Okay. Yeah, I probably think. same for me. But I, again, I do like, like, I I do like Sanju though. I haven't seen it since it was in the cinema. So, or yeah. right after. So I even bought a poster for it, like, and had it mounted. Oh, wow. So like, I, I have that somewhere I don't, in my house. Like I had it up for a while, yeah. but I, but now I'm like, I don't, don't want to watch that movie again. Uh, like, I mean, I, I, again, would happily watch it on a plane, I think. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but I, it, of all, I mean, I have this ocean of unwatched things and I, it's hard to prioritize these as a rewatch. But yeah. maybe I'm really missing out. I'm very willing to admit that I might be really missing out. I don't know. Do you have any other Hirani or Donkey thoughts before I have a couple of other questions for you about other things? Yes, I have a Hirani thought, which is also a Donkey thought, which is that um, whoever is in charge of wigs and hair in his um, movies is very bad because Tapsi Panu has a wig in this movie. It is very, very terrible. It was very distracting. Or Tapsi Panu, like the naturally curly haired women, I feel like just get the short end and she has amazing hair. So like, or what, they are, you, do what the are you doing? Opposite. Do you remember Anushka Sharma's uh, yes. firm yes. wig in, uh, in Sancho? It was so bad. So bad. I don't understand. So I, I feel like Rajma Hirani needs to take stock like immediately of the hair situation in this film because I do not approve. Shah Rukh's hair in this movie is also terrible. And this is a man who is known for having gorgeous hair. hair. His hair is like all over the place to the point that I, it was so shaggy and moppity and it's, it was very Scooby-Doo. And <laughs> I was like, it doesn't need to be trimmed. Does it need to be cut? I couldn't tell. It kept falling over his eyes. He was like an English sheepdog. And then yeah. I was like, do that. I, I, I couldn't tell. Um, but the <laughs> hair in his films is very, very bad. Mm. Um, so yes, that is that is my one very big complaint <laughs> about Hirani films. You must have good hair in your films. Learn from the children. At least not, not distractingly wiggy you know yeah I remember um I was watching an interview of Ashwini Bhave a few like months ago and um she was just like walking down memory lane like she's been out of the movie industry for almost 20 years now she lives here in the Bay Area and um they they were just chat chit chatting about different directors and her first film was um Hina 
Mm. which was a Raj Kapoor production. And she was, she was asked about it. And she said the one thing she remembers to this day is how particular Raj Kapoor was and how like the Kapoors in general, like RK Productions is so persnickety and so particular. And it's like, mm. they even cared about what shade of eyeshadow, like wow. Rishi Kapoor cared about what color eyeshadow she had in a song. And then for continuity's sake, he like yelled at a makeup man or something where he was like, no, she had that eyeshadow on. You need to put that on. And I was like, wow, okay. No wonder their films look good. Mm. Um, but so I was like, yes, so let's channel some of that. Let's channel some of that RK energy into the wigs in Harani films. Nice. <gasps> nice. So, yep, I would say people should go and watch Donkey. It's very good. And Shah Rukh fans especially should not miss, miss it. Solid eight. I want to move us now into a totally unrelated topic. I saw this discussion happening on Twitter and I wanted to bring it to this podcast. It will be old news by the time this episode airs, but that's fine favorite movies that use snow that use snow what does that mean like oh, movies with great scenes that have snow in them or oh snow as a metaphor <gasps> or just even visually and you know if you have indian entries obviously those are most relevant here but whatever kabhi kabhi the song tere chehre uh, se nazar nahi hatti nazare hum kya dekhe i mean sizzling chemistry they could have like rishi and neetu could have just like melted all that snow around them because <laughs> they're just so hot like you know yeah. when rishi just like grabs her by the hair and it's just starts like rawr, rawr, and know? they're so like young and cute and like playful oh. and that works in snow really their well. chemistry is just so amazing like it's they're just like heart eye emojis the whole time um so i love that and then i love all the snowball fights in um like in uh, Chandani and in in films like that. So I would say all the snow covers Swiss Alps in mm-hmm. um, in Yashopra films. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are a lot of beautiful scenes of snow in Lutera, mm-hmm. which are kind of like melancholic and sad and don't have any of that giddy delight that the yeah. Chopra films have. But then yeah. that is Lutera is like the sadness of that. I love that. Like snow can be so beautiful. One yeah. of my favorite films of all time that I love to watch and cry and I, I love as a Gen X or especially Snow Falling on Cedars. Oh, You've seen it. I have not. It has Ethan Hawke, who was very much one of my crushes, and it's mm. so beautiful. And as and it's based on a book called Snow Falling on Cedars, and it's really lovely. And there's so many beautiful shots of like the Pacific Northwest, and it's mm. just these like hushed woods, and yeah, it's like the hush, dark, and then just the snowfall. It's so it, that movie is a visual delight. I mean, it's mm. also a very good movie. It's a romance, mm. um, and it's like a doomed romance, which mm. I love doomed romances, <laughs> but. Just so pretty. If you want to appreciate like the hushed beauty of snowfall, then mm. snow falling on cedars is a favorite of mine. Um, what about you? Well, there's a Hindi film that comes to mind immediately for me. And I'm excited to talk about this because I think it's a film not a lot of people maybe know about, but certainly not, have not seen. It's from 1973. I believe it's called Gadar. And it is a film about- It's called Gadar? Yeah. It's okay. a film about a gang of thieves- who are played by all those amazing character actor uncle guys. Pran is in it. Iftikhar is in it. Manmohan is in it. Um, just a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of, uh, Ranjit is in it. Cause of course he is like, so they play a gang of thieves and they pull off this heist and then they, they flee up into the mountains. Mm. And then another element is dropped in in the form of Vinod Khanna wearing like turtlenecks and flared trousers and like a huge medallion looking amazing. 
And of course, as the title suggests, who's the traitor among the thieves? And they kind of get like mm. snowed into this hotel. Um, and then there's chases in the snow and everything like that. So I love oh, okay. how snow can function as a um, containment thing, yes. right? Like, also a sound muffler. Yeah. And like Murder on the Orient Express, for example, yes. is a great example of the snow. Like, So I, I think that this movie, and it, so there's nothing romantic about the snow in this movie. As I recall, there's maybe a bit of a love song that has some cute snow in it, but I don't, but what I remember is the thieves and the, and the sort of peril slash um, <gasps> the way the snow amps up the tension. And it, of course mm. it's visually very striking too, to have like a bright blue sky against the white snow on the ground or yeah. the striking, the striking pine trees or whatever. So that is my um, Indian snow movie of choice. How I did really you deal with the cognitive dissonance of seeing Iftikhar as a chore? Because Iftikhar should always be a police officer. I know, right? I love that. I love that. And he and Pran are friends in the film. And you're like, yes, yes that's what I want in life. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, and as you can My imagine. Favorite... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, there is a police officer in this movie. Because of course there is. Uh, yeah. I won't tell you whether it's Iftikhar or not. So Is it Vinod Khanna? I'm not going to tell you. I want you to okay. watch the movie. <laughs> I have written about this movie on my blog. So if anyone wants to know more, they can and find out what happens. They can check there. I think um, my favorite, like, gimballing in the snow song, apart from, um, uh, apart from is, of course, Jungli. Of course. Where my favorite, Shami Kapoor, is of just, course. like, being crazy and shouting and yelling mm -hmm. and doing mm -hmm. all the things that only Shami Kapoor can do. And he's also dancing. Um, so, yes, that is very nice. Yeah, to that's see a key one. A lot of Shami Kapoor movies have snow, actually, because he's yeah. always the rich playboy who goes yeah. off to, like, some hill station. Because that's what he does. Yeah. yeah, he never has a job. I love the rare instances in the 60s and, like, early 70s when you get to see the heroine going skiing. And the ski yeah. outfits that they put heroines in are so great. What was that movie that I sent you? Screen grabs of, um, I think it was Sairabhanu wearing yeah. different ski outfits and stuff like that. Whenever those appear, those are, and I know nothing about skiing, but I do love the the winter fashions that they put out yeah. on, on movie stars who are skiing. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I've seen Sairabhanu and also Babita. Oh yeah. There's so many of these winter outfits, like mm -hmm. with the muffs and the topis with the, the thingy, mm -hmm. the pom-poms and everything. Mm -hmm. and she's always like this. She's always very demure and very like, you know, I mean, I really enjoyed Babita's fashions back oh, in yeah. the day. Oh yeah. Except or the frosted lipstick, which I can never get behind. I, I like it for what it's doing at that time. I don't want to wear yes. it. But yeah, for exactly. as a as a look, exactly. it is it is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Babita and Saravanu probably used to have the best looks. Mumtaz sometimes mm -hmm. uh, depended on the movie, but Saravanu and Babita always saw really good passion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um Haider also has some good snow scenes. Yes, it does. That's very true. And again, it's Vishal Bharadwaj. Drama just snow. Very like, yeah, so very, it's very and drama like, snow. And like blood never looks more cinematic than it does splashing on snow, you know? So it's, yes. uh, it's yes. great for that kind of thing too. What I find really funny is that uh, you will relate so hard to this as a person who lived in Chicago for like more than a decade. The worst snow, the worst part of winter is in March when all the prettiness is gone and the car exhaust has basically made all the snow gray or black it's so and it's gross ugly it's and so ugly these, like snow bags and by march everybody has like lost it and they won't leave they just keep they keep on not melting fast enough yeah or they, or they melt and then they refreeze and then it's icy and then it becomes black ice i actually once tripped so on dangerous. black ice because i didn't see it and i broke my arm and i had to go mm. to the er and it was terrible yep um but yeah that is that is one aspect of snow that they will never show you in the films no 
No. no. <laughs> Probably because you can't rely on it for filming purposes, I guess. But I mean, there must no, be- it's so ugly. There must be like some good Russian films that have horrible aged oh, yeah. end of winter snow in them. And, <laughs> you know, if people filmed more in Chicago, you could get more of it, but, or New York, and they're, they're going to have it too. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's gross and dangerous as snow is so many things, right? It's beautiful and yeah. soft and romantic and a fresh slate and kind of wondrous that it exists. And then it can be- life-threatening it can be limb-threatening it's ugly it's uncomfortable it can, like, like so it many can things. completely like block you into your house yeah. like yeah there was one year in Chicago I remember when we had the polar vortex mm. I used to hate that phrase polar vortex it's, and yeah. literally I couldn't open my door because there was yeah. like there were like three feet of snow outside I was like um yeah okay I guess I'm snowed in yep Yep. And I took my dog for a walk. Eventually we managed to get out and I took my dog for a walk and she couldn't walk because it had snowed overnight and she was hopping. <laughs> yeah. And I used to have a bookmark that a friend gave me. It was from Happy Bunny. Do you remember Happy Bunny was a thing in the 90s? No. Um, and like early 2000s. It was like the psychotic bunny and mm. it had like hoodies and merchandise. Of course, I loved them. And um, I had a bookmark that said cute but psycho. And I also had a bookmark that said don't eat yellow bunny. snow. Right. So don't eat yellow. Snow. I remember that bunny. Yeah, he was yeah. psycho. Yeah. But then like he came and he went and now you don't see him anywhere. But I love him still. All um, right. And what and else did you watch? Yeah. What else have I been watching? So really, I've been rewatching British murder mysteries. So mm -hmm. I have not seen any other Indian content since we last spoke, except uh, next week's episode is going to be on things that from 2023 starring people we love so i watched mrs chatterjee versus norway and, and i watched Gadar too yeah so you'll you'll have our opinions on those 2023 films coming uh in very early 2024 that's our first episode of the new year um we didn't want to do a whole like year wrap up and whatever whatever but uh we did want to touch on not great things by favorite people no. <laughs> since they both happen to have um, something out this year I did watch Thank You for Coming based on your recommendation. And, and I loved it oh, because good. when I saw the trailers, I was like, avoid your, this right. may be a no. But then right. you talked so well about it. I was like, okay, fine. I'll give it a shot. Because uh, I do like Bumi Pednikar. I think she's a very solid actor. She's really good. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be stupid and puerile. Maybe mm -hmm. just one step about a stupid movie like No Entry. But it actually turned out to be really good. I enjoyed it a lot. And so that um, discussion will also be in our next, our next, um, me talking about it is in our next one, but you'll get Pitu talking about it. Today, you recommending is it double. is over there. And then this is me saying that I took your advice and watched it and I liked it. Future Pitu has gone back in time. And <laughs> I really feel time? like, I really feel like this film was deeply mismarketed okay. as a, like a sex farce and it's really not at all. And that's kind of a you know, her understanding some things about her sexuality are actually is, you know, kind of the the metaphor for her understanding things about herself. And it's really mm -hmm. not, re it's not about sex in the way that they um, make it seem, nor is the treatment of sex in the film, I think is sort of screechy and puerile as it is in yeah. the trailer. And I, I just, um, Pitu and I were kind of talking offline about is, is this, the hardest kind of film to market maybe like because it's it about is. women and sex so uh-oh right away there's a you know there's a challenge but it's also actually not really about sex as much as they're making it seem but also it is somewhat and those are important things to talk about so it's like it's a bit I, I felt for them and I really I really hope that people will try the film I really especially if you like Boomy 
Yeah. Cause she's, she's quite good in it. And it does the, I just want to say, does the scene at the end with the, with the little niece by friendship, like. Yeah. So, I was touching. Sweet. <laughs> so touching. Yeah. Also, Anil Kapoor looked good. I didn't even know he was in this film. And so when he popped up, I laughed and laughed and he keeps coming back in the film and he's very enjoyable. And I really think that he lent something important. Like, I think that that character is a nice note, but I really think like he, um, I guess you'd call that a cameo or like an extended cameo. And I really think he nailed it. And I, it, I mean, he is an actor whose filmography is so big. I don't even know where to start in trying to catch up with what he's done. But every time I see him, almost every time I see him, I'm fully impressed. Not just like, oh, there's Anil Kapoor and he's good. But like, I'm like, wow, he's really good. So I really- He's very I, underrated, I feel I, like. I think I really need to start educating myself about some of his work because I really, he's super fun. Yeah. I think my favorite Anil Kapoor movie would probably be Parinda. Sure. Oh, I mean, that movie just in general is so great. Um, but yeah, so thank you for coming was good. Um, in a weird way, like, I- I'm not saying that it is in the same league at all, because it's clearly not. But I was thinking a little bit about like Bridget Jones Diary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I love Bridget Jones Diary, the Me book in the movie. And I yeah. feel like it's so hard mm. to discuss it, though, with people who have not read the book or who have not seen the right. film. Because how exactly do you pitch Bridget Jones? Like, if I met someone and they've never seen it, how do I pitch it to them and be like, well, it's about this girl and it's about these boys. But then it's not about that. It's so hard to discuss it and pitch yeah. it because it's seemingly about something, but it's actually not about that thing. Right. And it's about all this growth this girl gets, but yeah. also it's a comedy. It, it kind of isn't that I, I really do yeah. feel for people who have to market these films because they're just hard. Yeah. Um, and especially yeah. as you were saying about, about Hirani's films, like the, the confidence it takes to make a, a gentler sort of quieter yes. film. And then, and then the, the strategy it would take to market that when you have to shout to be heard, but there's nothing actually, I don't think there's anything really shouty or shrieky about thank you for coming actually. I mean, there's no. a few like kind of broad comic moments, but not even beyond the average Hindi film comedy track, I would say. Yeah. So it, they, they, I'm sorry for them that that was probably a challenge. I wonder if it would have been a little bit better as a Netflix only type of thing. I think so. Um, oh, was this I'm glad that released it, in theaters? I believe so. Oh, I wow. So. I don't know anyone. So who I think, seen let me, do, I can double check that. I think it was, um, but okay. it's certainly, I'm really glad it's getting a, you know, it's getting um, some life on a, on a major streaming platform. Cause I think it's quite good. I think the people who marketed Beauty the Wedding did a better job. Yeah. Well, and that had a different kind of star power to it. This one, Bumi is not at that level of Karina or or Sonam, frankly. Yeah. Um, Hopefully she will. And there were all these like weird influencer people in it too, who who were not horrible. No, and I actually, I was expecting more of Kusha. I I expected Kusha Kapila Kapila to be there more and she's actually not in it very much, which is too bad because I I like her. But um, let's see, was this bait? Did this get a theatrical release? I think so. Wow. Okay. There's at least something called theatrical release poster on. Yes, it was. It came out in early October. Yeah, that's. that's and it's a, Wikipedia thing. says had positive reviews from critics, but it is it is not a thing that had penetrated my like media sphere at all. 
just another lesson that I need to pay more attention. I need to, I need to like organize myself and pay more attention but someday. Just follow all the, just follow the Bollywood accounts I follow on Instagram. <laughs> but I, but you know, like I do follow a ton and still they don't like pop up in the algorithm. I need to like more of their stuff. So I get the algorithm to show me them more often or something, I guess. You're liking too many cat things and dog things. That's right. why. I do like and a lot of animal things. things and like history jokes and stuff. Yeah, I'll occasionally say something I'm like, oh, Simon is so cute. And my husband's like, who's Simon? I was like, oh, it's a golden retriever I follow. Yeah. <laughs> like a yeah. golden retriever that has like 10,000 whatever followers. <laughs> Do you follow Norbert? I don't think I follow Norbert. Norbert is this tiny, like this big, I'm holding my hands like the size of my face for people who are just uh -huh. listening to this little dog who's, who he weighs like four pounds and he's a therapy dog. And his little oh. tongue, his little tongue, his oh, little tongue so sticks cute. out all the time. His, and he's a little like, I first noticed Norbert because I had a Lhasa Apso who, whose tongue stuck out all the time named Walter. And somehow and the internet showed me Norbert. I was like, oh, it's like Walter, but tinier. Uh, and Wal Norbert is just the cutest. And he's either 13 or 14 years old. Like I know he's probably not too much longer for this world, but follow Norbert. He is so cute. His owner is... um train you know got him training to be a therapy dog and so, that is so he, he did, did a, he's so cute ah he's so tiny so, <laughs> so san francisco airport now has a therapy cat it really? is so cute it is a therapy cat i forget oh. its name it wears a captain's hat and a captain tie <laughs> and it's it's on the leash and if you're in San Francisco airport, like if you ever want to come visit me, you can hang out in SFO airport and hang out with the therapy, the therapy cat. cat. I'm waiting for the San Francisco uh, airport therapy cat to get its own Instagram so I can stock it. Right. Right. I, I, I need popular. this to be a thing. Like SFO needs to get its act together and get the therapy cat. Um, and did you know a lot of um, railway stations in Japan have station cats? That's nice. They're station master cats. And when you, and so apparently this is a Japanese thing because only the Japanese would do this because they're just like crazy awesome. They do this thing where if you go to like so many stations, you get a sticker mm. um, commemorating that station. It's not anything special. Mm. It's just a sticker. Or you get like a little stamp. And some mm. people like to take like a little stamp book and they get it. And if you go to the stations that have the station master cats, you can get a little paw print. <laughs> That's really cute. So Joy and I were talking about that. I was like, let's go to Japan and take the train and go to all the, let's specifically go to the stations that the have cat the station stations. cats and get their poppers. So, so cute. Like, actually, I'm up for that. So cute. I, now that I think about it, I feel like Britain should have this, but with dogs, since they are kind of a more yes. dog forward, dog forward culture. And you see the dogs everywhere. Uh, two trips I think ago. this is a great strategy to increase public transportation because right? I will take all the trains and all the buses if I'm promised like a station master cat or a dog. I mean, I'm a fan of Amtrak anyway, but I would take it even more yeah. if there were there were pets. <laughs> I used to take Amtrak down to Champagne. <laughs> yeah. No pets on the train, sadly. No pets, no, unfortunately. Let's talk a little bit about what's coming in 2024 for this podcast. So our first episode in early January will be on these 2023 things by our some of our favorites, plus a few other things of 2023 that we watched. Um, and then we are going to be launching soon into a series on the seven deadly sins which was an idea that came to Pitu ages ago. And I don't even remember what the context was for this idea. It was because I rewatched Seven, which is a movie I oh, yes. love. So, so in yes. Seven, there's the killer who, um, the, so the police investigator, that's set in Chicago. Yeah. And uh, the detectives are trying to determine why this serial killer is killing people. And they determine that he's killing people that 
are committing the seven deadly sins according to him. So he kills one person associated with pride and one with lust, one with gluttony, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so they have to stop the seventh murder from happening. And I was like, oh my God, let's do a movie on the seven deadly sins. And this is a, a Judeo-Christian, you know, set yes. of the set of values that's being examined here, but it is something that uh, is a really interesting framework. Clearly there are Judeo-Christian traditions in India anyway. So like, it's not yes. a completely foreign thing, but there are a ton of movies that talk about these things, regardless of their initial, you know, where they got, where the, that set of um, principles came from. And obviously a lot of these principles are going to be, um, uh, uh, what criticized by many belief systems. This is not unique to Judeo-Christianity in any way. Um, so we're going to do that. I don't know which one we're going to do first, but we're kind of building up the an interesting list of sin films. is technically pride. So pride, we'll start okay. With pride. All right. So maybe we'll start with pride. I think I, have I, have... I probably will watch Abhiman, which literally means pride. There you go. Uh, I mean, I, I feel mean, like I'll have to. Any any standard film hero has a lot of pride. So yeah. <laughs> like it'll be easy. That'll be an easy one to pick things for, but I'm excited to see where we go with that. Probably be taking a format of each of us watches a film of our own, you know, kind of yes. investigation and, and compare what, what we can with that. So it's going to be a nice free form, like any era, any language, any, yeah. any, any director, <laughs> any writer, any star. So that should be really, it'll be so much really fun, fun. I feel like, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm very excited for the gluttony episode because I'll probably be defending <laughs> the gluttons in it. I'll be like, well, what's wrong with that? I mean, when we Why did our can't episode, you have two cakes for breakfast, we've done a cake episode. We did an episode that talked about the Seth Alicon film <laughs> chef. So like we've been talking about food off and on, we've been comparing people to different kinds of food, <laughs> um, on this, so I think that uh, some food-centered films. I'm wearing the gummy, uh, the gummy bear earrings you gave me, which is food. <laughs> it's so true. I feel like the gluttony episode, we're going to be a bit like pro-glutton. <laughs> and we're going to be like, why is this a sin? Yeah, I might have to get my takeout first or like have it ready to pick up <laughs> as soon as we finish recording so I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it should, be a, it should be a fun start to the new year here on Filmy Ladies. Yes. Um, well, I think that's it. And I think this episode comes out right after Christmas. Yep. I think it comes out on the 26th. So we hope you had like a really fun Christmas. We hope you had good holidays and we hope you're going to spend a lot of time with your friends and families and watch lots of movies. Mm -hmm. um, and then we will see you in the new year. Bye.